football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy, fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your weekly recap podcast all about dried magic beans, lightning wells, and oddly erotic heart transplants. Mm. I am your host, the lovely Abby, and as always, we're joined by the also much lovelier Beth. Hi, Beth. <laughs> uh, excuse me, that I I I, ha- I have to take uh, issue with that. That is not factually accurate. Uh, excuse me. We no, are both citation. equally. We are both equally lovely. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Uh, no, you are you are abound with motherly glow. You oh, God. <laughs> in my in my horrible t-shirt and no bra. That's why I have the camera angled just high enough where you can't see my. You're you're Things just prepared dangling. to be a mother. If that you're ready to go, like that's exact. That's the look, the feel, the just the vibe. And well, fantastic. Hi, everyone. Welcome, and thank you for suffering through my very first. I told Beth before we started recording, I was very nervous to record that. <laughs> like, I don't talk to you guys all of the time. Yeah, so- Abby is uh, pitching in to, uh, to help kind of, like, take over kind of running the, the show uh, in the intro and outro for two reasons. One, I get very out of breath very easily, <laughs> and you could probably already hear it, uh, because pregnancy is fun. It's great. And two, um, we are currently working on our podcasting plans for when uh, my baby dragon arrives and I will be going on maternity leave for a little while to take, you know, break and and do that whole thing. Uh, We do have plans in the works. We have some, uh, we're going to be taping ahead a bit. We have some guest hosts lined up to work with Abby. And uh, our plan is to keep it weekly while I'm gone. And then I'll be back and I'll, I mean, I'll probably be stir crazy by, by the end of it. I'll be like, oh my God, I have to do something that is not just looking after a, a tiny, a tiny person that I have to keep alive. A person, a tiny person. I thought you were, yeah. I thought this was a dragon. I'm confused. I mean, the dragon's a metaphor. <laughs> what? This whole time I've had a dragon up in my house. I have been committed to this bit, Beth. I have a dragon upstairs. It's very dangerous. My meat price, my meat bill is through the roof. My goodness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we are going to be talking about, I believe it's episode nine. That's right. The Queen of Hearts. And this is a a lot of I like this episode. Very good. Yes. Fun episode. 
it wraps up a lot of stuff. Thankfully, takes us out of the alt enchanted forest that we, I mean, we spend a lot of time in, and I'm I'm just glad that we won't be there for a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of done with it, you guys. I'm I'm done with the dry California woods. Oh, it just seemed like someone was just gonna like make like a spark was gonna happen, and it was just gonna turn into a whole situation. It was very ooh, uh, I didn't like this. I didn't like and the, what is interesting about this one is it was the the winter finale, so it was a big it was a big episode, and it was a really popular one, uh, very well received. So much so that they actually re aired it the following March with as an enhanced version with additional scenes and trivia about the show. Which, I mean, I I want that in my life, but it's not here, so I'm sad about it. I I want it for every episode. I want every episode to be an enhanced episode. Like, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about this before this recorded, but Beth likened it, whether I, and we don't know what it actually looked like, but she just randomly likened it to VH1's pop-up video. Which <laughs> that aged if, me so fast. <laughs> uh, and, and then, to, uh, listen, if that aged you, me going, oh, that was prime VH1, and then devolving into a diva's Christmas carol, also <laughs> aged me right with you. So... If you haven't seen pop-up videos, um, I would just, I would look up some. They're so great. Uh, uh, VH1 in its prime, really. Because you learn so much about music production and um, how terrible, apparently, it is to shoot music videos. So I would love that for Once Upon a Time, being like, this is where uh, Colin fell off and broke his leg for the musical. And this is when he just had to stand here. Do you remember that where he just stood on a table randomly during the musical episode and then three weeks later we found out it's because he broke his damn leg? I do remember that. Oh, oh, the memories. I love oh, the memories. About- yeah, I can't. Once Upon a Time had a musical episode. That happened. We get there. We get to a musical episode. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> great. Uh, no, this episode was great. It had a lot of a lot of heart. We learned a lot about a heart heart stuff. They never address mm-hmm. the zombie thing, but we get some heart stuff. Yeah, and we we learn uh, exactly why Hook was able to take out that heart because that was actually a question we had last week. Yep, and um, and yeah, I I kind of want to just dive in. Go, uh, we're gonna go back. We're gonna start in the past in the Enchanted Forest before the curse. Uh, before but before we get into it, the the one kind of through line through this episode that. Normally, I would hate because it's a. It, it normally is kind of a tell don't show, but in this case, I feel like it's entirely warranted. In this episode and in the preceding ones, there's this through line of Cora cannot get here because she is worse than everything, and we've heard that kind of rhetoric in shows before. Oh no, we can't. You know, this is the worst enemy we've ever faced. This is the biggest threat we've ever had. And usually it's like kind of a letdown. Yeah. Uh, a recent example was in the final uh, season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that just came out. And the whole thing was like, it's all the eldritch terrors leading up to the void. And everyone kept talking about how terrifying the void was going to be. In the end, it really wasn't. It was very disappointing. Uh, spoiler this- alert for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> I mean, people might be scared by it. I wasn't. I thought it was stupid. But in Cora's case, I feel like it's like that fear and that rhetoric is justified the whole way through. Not just 
from what we've seen of her already in this rewatch, but knowing what's to come, um, I just like, that's just what I wanted to point out. Uh, Cora has this and she does it a couple of times in this episode, but there's a very, there's a variation of the smile that she does. Like she does it when she meets Hook in Wonderland and she smiles at him, this big toothy grin that does not meet her eyes. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't smile all the way to her eyes, but it's this huge, like, it's a beautiful, like, she's a beautiful, just beautiful and terrifying woman. And when she smiles, you're just like, I should be comforted by this, but I feel like everything's about to go horribly wrong. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, she's shown her teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's something, like, she doesn't move around a lot. Like, even in the battle and stuff like that, she just stands there menacingly, and I buy it. Every single time. Everything about her just says, I feel like it's going to be bad if she's in Storybrooke, and I'm not 100% sure why right now. Just, apparently, she's kind of bad. So. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Well, all the way back in the old M times, we've got uh, Captain Hook. He is sneaking up a tower. He uh, brutally dispatches of two guards, including uh, R.I.P., whatever his name was, uh, Colin, or was the... Claude. I, I love that they like reveal him and they're like, it's Claude. And everyone's just like, do we know who this is? I, I would also like to point out, and I noticed this the moment that it happened. He, so, so Hook goes up there and he's like, I have food for the prisoner. And the guard says, it's not feeding time. And then he says, who are you slave? And then Hook says, I'm no slave, which um, very weird, dark undercurrent for Once Upon a Time Enchanted Forest. There are slaves, apparently. Uh, I just yeah, wanted to point I, that I out. It was a weird exchange. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't really put that together, but now that yeah, you mentioned it, oof. it was a weird, like, I was just like, I don't think I've ever heard that word. And I feel like we don't hear it again, but it was just, it just, I was like watching it and I watch it when I make dinner. So I was watching it. I looked over at chicken and I'm looking at the chicken and it's like slave. I'm like slave. Like, what what are we doing uh so yeah he dispatches of 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 claude claude colin yes what did you claude. say claude yes yeah, <laughs> yeah his name is claude sound right. uh, okay, i mean anyway. maybe maybe slave is like pejorative term maybe it's just you know the the guard being insulting like you're a worm you're you're no better than a slave. right, right. that said in a fantasy context using a term like slave is incredibly loaded so yeah. oh, it's, I mean it's loaded all together for yeah, wait, varying wait, wait, reasons. Yeah, yeah. We're, let's, let me hold my collar. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that right now, guys. But anyway, so he, he kills them, including Claude for being a dick, because he wants to rescue Belle. Right. She is in this tower. She has been there for a long time, as we get from all the notches that she's put all around the room, and also like. She just has a giant slit in her 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 dress, and there was no explanation for it. I'm like, okay, she's just lounging in her cell with a giant slit in her dress. All right, cool party maybe, time. I mean, maybe it was just one of those. She's in a dress. You're in captivity, and you're just like, I. It's hot in here, and I can't <laughs> quite. I can't get my legs out without like just pulling my skirts all the way up. Maybe she invented the slit. Like it was just mm. like, I need to like expose my leg without being improper. I'll just cut a big slit in my dress because who's going to see her? The guy feeding her food. Who cares? 
I mean, I, I'm down to give Belle whatever little bit of credit we can possibly give her because this episode, like almost every other, does her no favors. <laughs> like, like the idea of like talking better, like she's Regina George, is like Belle. Oh, yeah, she invented the slit dress. Angelina Jolie <laughs> owes her everything. <laughs> so the so he's rescuing Belle because he uh, Cook Rescue. claims that his father. Yeah, rescue. I mean, it's 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 self motivating, but as we see later on, like, yeah, he's selfish and he does things to achieve his own ends, but he does have a heart. At one point, literally, he saves Aurora's heart, the heart that he took out. So he does have a code of some kind, and I feel like this was part of that code. He claims that her father is entangled with Rumpelstiltskin once again, which. Maybe yes, maybe no. I I'm more inclined to believe him because when wasn't he <laughs> entangled right. with the dark one? And then of course the response just Belle makes me want to die because her her response is of course, oh no, I'll I'll talk to him. He's not a monster. I can reason with him. And I'm like, no, girl. You're supposed well, to have Stockholm for Regina now. You've been in there long enough. You have been with her longer than you were with him. Like, yeah. oh gosh. Because uh, again, yeah, she and and Regina probably doesn't have a whole lot of FaceTime with Belle. So there's no time for her to mm-hmm. be like fixing the curtains and to fall and for Regina to catch her and it, for it to be adorable. <laughs> right. uh, but I do like that Hook is just like, tell me how we need to know what tool it is. I don't know what the accent this is that I'm doing. Tell me what <laughs> what tool it is to kill him. And she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever could that be? And then he just, you know, a man of a code knocks her unconscious. <laughs> and- yeah, I mean, he he slaps her, which I did not care for. But I did I did appreciate the code switch because he he's like, he's pulling his gallant hero I'm rescuing from the tower act, which, you know, isn't entirely not because like I said, human pirates have a code. And she she pulls the well, I don't know what would defeat him, but even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. And then he's like, well, then you're no freaking use to me. Smacks her again. I don't care for the backhand smack. There's other ways you could knock her out without doing a backhanded smack. Because that's, again, also just loaded, loaded thing. Loaded. Lots of load, weird, a lot of weird moments in this first few minutes of this episode. There's a lot of weird moments through this whole episode. Like, it's all very, like... And 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 I will state again, this is all very a product of its time where mm. I didn't register any of the, but now like going through all of 2020, start to finish, everything changed so much that rewatching these, sometimes I'm just noticing like, like, like we did before, just little throwaway lines that just didn't mean anything that wouldn't, that they just don't do anymore. There's conversations that don't happen. So yeah, yeah knocks her, knocks her, cold, knocks her out cold and is like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> Regina. Yeah, he gets. Like, he could have just left her. I felt it would have been funnier if he'd left her in the tower. Uh, just been like, well, bye. Yeah. I'm going to keep you here. But for some reason, he decides to kill her, which, you know, okay, so much for your code. Uh, but Regina's like, no, 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 no. I'm taking your hook and I'm not giving it back until you do me a favor because I know you want to kill Rumpel and I can totally make that happen. And uh, can we just talk about Regina's wardrobe? Because, oh, my God, this whole episode, Regina looked amazing. She looks so good. Like, I I like this whole scene. And I do like that they started it off, like, 
where she's just like, I need something from you. Come have a drink with me. I'm like, yes, girl, get it. And she's just like, oh, I need you to go murder my mother. Thanks. Oh, can it, can it be after sexy times? Because Regina hooks totally down, like you can tell. Yeah, he's just he's like, good to go. L- listen, if anyone can wear nearly this much leather and look as good as I do, it's you, ma'am. We could, we could, we could be, we could rule this world in just amazing outfits. <laughs> yeah, and she has like that necklace that goes like all the way down her back, and the giant poof hair, and just the whole. The whole look was sending me to another I, time and place. When I think about like her hair, I often like to just think, what would happen if someone did my hair like that, but didn't change my wardrobe? Like if I was just this, <laughs> but with the big poof on my head, would I just look insane? Um, but also, yeah, the necklace that like goes all the way down her back. Uh, I always think about the practicality. It's like Regina does nothing but like gracefully walk from room to room like eh, i'm just imagining me getting it caught in doors and stuff just be getting out of the car "Ah." well so she tasks hook with uh go with she enchants his hook returns it to him and is like i need you to do me a favor and then i'll I'll, i'm gonna help you destroy rumple because guess what i'm doing this curse we're all gonna go there uh, Rumpel's gonna have no magic in this land, and you can totally kill him. It's gonna be great. She leaves out the part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves out a key detail. Oh yeah, it's just like, oh no, we're going to a land without magic. You're gonna be able to do a little one-two punch on him. It's gonna be amazing. Also, you're not gonna remember who you are. Or he's not gonna remember who he is, and you're, it's gonna be terrible. And anyway, it's fine. Go get my mom. <laughs> yeah, because she she wants Hook to go kill her mother, take out her heart and destroy it because she needs to know that her mother cannot can, cannot cause her any more harm, cannot threaten her in any way. Um she just like she's like I banished her, it's not enough. We got to finish the job. So, um he's going to Wonderland with Jefferson's hat. This is presumably after Jefferson has been abandoned in Wonderland. And has now become the Mad Hatter who's making a bunch of replica hats. And um, she's like, all right, you're going to take the, the dead body of Claude, R.I.P. Uh, I, 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 I love this moment. It's like, it's Claude. You killed him? He had a family. You remember a couple minutes ago? It was super weird that you did that. Like, why would you keep killing all of these people? Anyway, hilariously, you killed Claude and he has been benching so much weight he weighs so much and i'm not gonna give you anything to help you carry him you're gonna have to carry his big muscly ass all by yourself sir well eventually he gets like a almost like a push cart kind of thing yeah, like yeah. it's on wheels <laughs> uh a side note this was a, a a funny tidbit that i got from the uh from the the once upon a time wiki for this episode uh so the guy who played claude while he was dead uh, apparently in one of the scenes he fell asleep and he started snoring <laughs> that would be me <laughs> i'm playing it so well i'm so dead oh. yeah, cause he's like yeah because his body is just like lying there forever because hook we immediately cut to him appearing before the queen of hearts in her court the the scene that they shoot very much echoes the one with jefferson to the point where I was a little bit wondering if they had just filmed twice for two different scenes. But 
I'm sure there were differences in the outfits. It's also interesting to note that while we don't see Cora as the Queen of Hearts in the Jefferson scene, they had already decided that Cora was a Queen of Hearts. The actress knew. Oh, and I okay. think it was actually her playing her too. Okay. They just chose not to do the reveal, but they wanted uh, Barbara Hershey to know she was the Queen of Hearts. So I, yeah. So they knew back then. Okay. Kind of like with the Frankenstein thing. Got it. They informed her beforehand. Oh, anyway. okay. I guess it's a way to keep you keep you on game, being like, I know it's a small part, but guess where you who you get to be. Uh, yeah, because I know, like, in the first season, we were speculating that, that it was just, like, they didn't know. But it's cool that they did. It's cool. Yeah, th- like, early seasons of Once Upon a Time are playing the long game. It just, like, they don't play it for, for that long. They get to the end but of the they game and they go, long. they get to the end of the game that they planned. And then they go, let's play more game. And then they <laughs> they don't have anything else. Uh, yeah, exactly. they, they go back and it, it's very, it, you're right. It's a very similar scene. Uh and he's just like, "Hello, I'm I'm here to find a woman named Cora." And Cora's like, "How dare you? It's your Majesty! <laughs> How dare you call me by my by my other world name? Which, that has no meaning here." Which I think is a fun like parallel to what we like. We didn't talk about it, but Regina does something similar. Like Hook is just like, "How dare you stop this?" And she's like, "Excuse me, you cannot address me, your queen, that way." Uh, Cora reacts very similar. She's like, excuse me, I'm a queen. It's like, Hook cannot catch a break. It also shows how similar Regina and Cora yes. are, even though, like, how how many, I won't say how similar they are. I would say how many similarities that they have, because I don't think that's, I, I think those are two different things. Having similarities to someone else still doesn't define who you become. So they're not, like, similar but there are traits that they share, and one of them is extreme haughtiness about their station in life. Well, if I'm going to be queen, I want everyone to know that I'm queen. How dare you, knave? <laughs> well, he immediately like manages to get right up in her face, and he attempts to do the business of ripping out her heart with his hook. But oh no, the plan fails. <laughs> and I loved this moment from Cora because this is just Thank like you. it's just part of how incredible she is as a threat because she just laughs and says are you an idiot you think i would just keep my heart in here where anyone could take it what are you on i love her delivery of this this is one of the the bone chilling smiles she has where she's just looking at you like are you an idiot really you think i cora the queen of hearts would keep my heart where all you peasants keep yours unguarded what's a rib cage gonna do not a thing sweetie and then uh says hook are do you, do you find it interesting that your heart is you know here and grabs a hold of it <laughs> mm-hmm. oh poor hook poor hook yeah that must be such a strange like i can't eat like obviously that it's a sensation that you could never possibly understand but it's just like Watching the different different people react to having their like heart grabbed is fantastic. Just like, how would I react to my heart being just full on squeezed by this lady? Like, ah! <laughs> well, yeah, because we have the we have the scene later with with Emma and her heart, and I just hate the sound effect of the attempt. It just sounds like bone crush, 
bone crush, bone crush. Yeah. Like, I, I hate the sounds that they produce for the attempts or successes of ripping a heart out. Uh, that said, the restoring a heart one, which I think was the first time we got that in this episode, um, I'll just say um, felt a little bit sexual. A little bit. Everything <laughs> about that whole scene. Like, Is that where the ship started? I think so. That The, the ship, I think, had started a little bit earlier, but I'm pretty sure engines were added to the ship and space fuel was added because <laughs> that whole scene, and we'll get to it, but this is why I opened oddly erotic heart transplants because whole that whole scene, if you weren't looking at the TV while that was happening, what would you think is happening? Like, think about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she grabs Hook's heart and just squeezes and squeezes until he admits that Regina was the one that sent him to to unalive her and she just goes huh interesting all right well gonna have to kill my daughter gotta go stop her all right let's go let's go let's go back i'm gonna go back back to the world i'm gonna go murder murder my daughter it's gonna be great yeah and um and so hook presents cora as if she is dead and her heart is not in her body so you know like it's it's a good scam in more ways than one because Cora, you know, she she can do anything and also, you know, easily can fool Regina. But there's a reason for that because as Regina points out in her very um, surprisingly covered up funeral garb, like she's just like n- head, neck to toe in like feathers and collar and crown, like this is a funeral garb where she's just like, she was letting all the skin out in the previous scene. And this one, there's like nothing. It's it's she's, like when you go home and you have like a secret tattoo. So you have to like super cover up where it's just like, why are you, <laughs> why are you wearing all of this? It's July. What are you doing? Uh, it's just like, I can't go see my mom and have any skin showing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, again, I like this episode. I don't know how I felt about this whole funeral confession scene it just it was and like i said i love lana it just felt weird and forced i didn't like it i didn't care for it like it wasn't terrible but it was just like for me i don't know i kind of would have preferred it to be a journey of emotion instead of where it started because i liked where it ended i i liked the fact that regina was telling her mother you are my weakness I cannot thrive as long as you are alive because I love you in spite of myself. I I think that's really good, but she needed to get there. She needed to first look down to her mother's body and say, you destroyed my life. I hate you. You're the worst thing that ever happened to me. But God damn it. Why do I care so much? Why does it matter so much to me? It's because against my better judgment i love you you are my weakness like that's we needed we needed to see the whole gamut of emotion we needed to see her grieving process on screen instead of her arriving at i love you you're my weakness she needed to get there we needed to see that emotional journey um i mean it wasn't lana's fault 
I thought she no. acted the scene really well. It's just the character needed more in the scene. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I just, I it just there was there was a couple stuff that I, I and maybe it might have been the writing. I just didn't move whatever scene. But the so the the she leaves, and this by the way is the scene that we had. Uh, I think two episodes ago, maybe one episode ago. I don't even remember anymore. Where they're in the diner and. <laughs> Gold is just, or Rumble's just like, I thought you said you saw that she was dead. I thought she was dead too. This is what they're talking about. It is, uh, yeah. There's there's some good backfill in this episode. And so so Hook is just like, hey, why didn't you murder her like you were planning? <laughs> and she's just like, I can't murder my beloved daughter. I have to help her. I have to help all of us because she, I love her so much. Like it was just hearing that has made Cora so proud. She's never been prouder. And she wants to just help. She's just trying to help. I mean, you you can you 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 can call it what you want as not what's actually happening. It's that she knows that Regina is still vulnerable to her and is going to like she knows Regina's going to screw this up because she knows her daughter, she knows Rumple, she knows everything. And she knows that Regina will turn to her in her moment of weakness when she has everything to lose. So she's like, plans change. I'm going to take this staff that's just here. I have a staff now. And I'm going to make us a little pocket world where there's going to be Mulan and Aurora, Prince Philip. They're going to be here too. They're somewhere. And some other characters who are all, I'm going to murder later. Yeah, I I'm gonna pre, I'm gonna keep him frozen and hopeful for 28 years, and then one day I'll kill them. <laughs> and and this is where we get another parallel with Regina, as with Hook as the intermediary, because Regina failed to disclose to Hook that the curse was going to erase everyone's memories. Cora failed to disclose to Hook until the very last second. Oh yeah, this curse, this this curse blocker I just enacted is going to make us uh, freeze in place for almost thirty years. So see you on the other side, buddy. Only if somebody breaks the curse. I ah! I love I love Hook's reaction so much. Twenty eight years. Like this is a fairy tale character that has probably been alive for generations, and it's just twenty eight years. Ugh. All right. I guess. <laughs> and yeah so that so now we have the explanation for why a pocket of the enchanted forest was spared it was obviously because of Korra and um, they still never quite explain why they all freeze in place alongside the curse but to be perfectly honest do we really need an explanation for that I think it can just be listen magic comes at a price so if you would like to protect yourself from the darkest of dark curses um, with just only a staff and your wits too, you have to be frozen until the other curse is broken. You want protection? We will. It's a monkey paw. It's a monkey paw wish. It's a, you want to be, you, you want to, okay, that's fine. You will be safe over there, frozen in place for, for a long time. With, with your consciousness? I don't know. That, I feel like that would make you go nuts, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming they all just like, yeah, we're we're not aware of what was happening. I, I hope and not. that is that's what happened in the past. That is how Cora. Uh, that's how Regina and Hook met. That's how Cora and Hook met. We're just learning a lot of connection. Oop, I just hit my microphone. My apologies. Uh, Hook is kind of just the intermediary between everybody. 
He's the center of the universe. No surprise there. And we learn about how everything, we, we, it brought us to the point we needed to get to to close out this alt-enchanted forest story and not a moment too soon. Speaking of which, let's go there so we can leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, cut to Regina kind of like looming over David like, what have we done? Um, it, so basically what this is the conversation that you were having before about, you know, like we have to stop Cora. And that is what both Rumple and Regina are very concerned about. Uh, how do we stop Cora? Well, obviously Rumple has a plan. Um, I do like this because it speaks to the, he doesn't know how to predict things. Like it always seems like he's one step ahead of everybody because he's playing the entire game. Like he's not playing one thing. Like he's not waiting for David to wake up and hope that that's going to work. No, he's got to do something else as well. He's going to go, uh, turn the wishing well into a big lightning storm and kill whoever comes through it because he is so sure that it's going to be Cora. And mm. Regina doesn't want to do that because what if it's not Cora? What if it's Snow and Emma? And Rumple points out that no matter what happens, it's a win for Regina. Cora dies cool. Cora's no longer here. We don't have to worry about her anymore. We can all go about living our terrible lives in this weird little town. Emma and Snow die. Well, now she's got Henry back. So it's fine. And that's kind of how he convinces her to do it, where he was just like, you know, we could do that because if Cora comes here, she's just going to hurt Henry. So... And I know you're trying to be good and everything, but have we tried not being good? <laughs> this this kind of was, I mean, I get it, because Rumple is a bad dude, uh, no matter what Bill thinks. But I also distinctly remember that Rumple has future plans for Emma. Like, she's not disposable. Um, like... He, for one, he still has the sheriff's favor. He can call that at any time. He can't call that if she's dead. But he still has a purpose for her that we learn on in later seasons. So if he, did he genuinely not give a shit about Emma dying? I think he just genuinely thought it would be Cora. Okay. Like, you and, you know, like, Regina and Rumpel, we, you, you and I, man, we cannot be your mother. You think Emma and Mary Margaret are going to beat her? No. They'll be fine, but they're not coming through first. And I think that's where he was. And the only reason, that's the only way he convinced Regina. Because Regina was kind of like, well, what if, what if this? And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what's going on. Uh, so Regina, Regina goes and tells Henry that she's going to help with the portal and Henry's like, yay, you're good. After all, you've changed. It's been four days since the curse broke. I knew you could change. It's like, uh, uh what are you bell? Um, <laughs> and then, um, Regina and Rumple go and well, mostly Rumple steal all the magic from the mines. All of it. Every yep. last drop of it for the lightning storm in the well. Um, yeah. I don't, what the hell was he holding? I didn't get this. Like, what? It looked like one, 
It looked like one of those like light sticks that you get at Fantasia. It did. It also looked like if you twisted on the bottom, it would open up and be a bubble wand. Yay! This show really loves its bubble wands. I love bubble wands. Every prop is a bubble wand. Prove me otherwise. Uh, yeah, so they're going to do this, and they're going to go to the wishing well where the portal will probably be, and they're going to open it up and murder whoever comes through first. Um, I think this would be a good time to jump to what's happening in the present alt forest. Yeah, because they're uh, trying to get they're trying to get home. They're trying. Everyone's everyone's trying to be the first one out the gate. We're we're in a time trial at the moment, and everyone's racing. Uh, they are in Rumple's old. <laughs> This made me laugh because you told me that where they were holding, <clears throat> where they were holding Rapunzel, or Rapunzel, where they were holding Aurora <laughs> was Rumpelcell from a different angle. So I loved it when they go in there and everyone's like, wow, I haven't been in here in forever. <laughs> you were just here. <laughs> um, but they're looking for the squidding. Um, mm-hmm. And then Emma, this is an episode in which a lot gets laid on Emma again. Like she's she, she's fine every once in a while, but then every once in a while, like Snow says something that just like lands on her like a ton of bricks, and Emma's just like, I don't, what's going on? And Snow goes, Oh yeah, this is where we held Rumple. This is where you know it was prophesized that you would be you would be born and be the savior. And Mary Margaret says that like it's like you know oh this is where we found out that you had green eyes and just like carried on with her life and Emma's just like. I need to sit down. Like, it just looked like she was, she just can't handle some of this information. She's like, oh, it was prophesied that you would be born and save everyone. Anyway, la, la, la. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, so she goes, Rumple has, like, that scroll with her yep. name scrawled on it, like, 40,000 times. Like Terrifying. She's, she's not just, you know, being told about this grand prophecy that she doesn't really believe in, but she's also being confronted with decades ago in a land far far away uh some weirdo dude was writing her name a bunch of times as part of this weird ass prophecy and it makes her feel kind of powerless well and it would also probably just scare the bejesus out of you like imagine like a creepy dude that you know and you don't really care for and then you find out that like somewhere he's been he wrote on a piece of paper your name a lot like a lot like too many times uh it would just be like a um i don't care for any of this um anyway uh aurora traps them in the jail cell uh because she is being controlled by cora and cora arrives and steals the compass and <laughs> i love i love Hook's just like sorry this is just what's happening anyway gotta go they, he's they very tra- he has a very uh nonchalant pose it's like, yeah, I got you. Also, I wouldn't have betrayed you like you betrayed me. Because and you, I, I think you're so him. pretty. Like, leave him. I mean, sure, he tried to murder Belle, but I mean, come on. She, no, I don't want to say that. But um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, no, he, 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 yeah, like that whole scene was really funny, and I, I did find it funny that like. Aurora's been entirely useless up until this point when she, being controlled by somebody else, she managed a pretty a pretty sick throw to close the jail cell. Oh, I love it. I just we would you know what? Maybe that's because she underestimates herself. Yay. So believe in yourself, everybody. You have more power than you think. Uh don't don't let someone steal your heart and find out that you're more powerful. No one wants that. 
uh, they trap her in the cell, and then they're like, no, what do we do? And it, it's, it's a long walk to, I don't know if it's because I've seen it, but I, I knew what happened immediately. Uh, the squid ink is on the piece of paper. And Snow has a random throwaway line. It's like, oh yeah, I used to watch Korra. Uh, I would sneak into her room and watch her do spells. Uh, it's it's in the book of, what did she say? She said something, she's like, oh, the spell book, the spells are in the book. And Emma's like, yeah. It's uh, that's why they call it a spell book. Like it's like Emma <laughs> is just trying so hard to hold on to a reality she understands. She's just just so, and then it is all blown away quite literally when they blow the squid ink off the paper and it opens up the jail cell. Um, I thought this it, was a paralyzing substance. I I didn't realize that it also could magically make doors disappear. I it 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 stops magic. That's like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to halt magic. And if the doors are enchanted, blowing the whatever on it, the squid ink on it is going to disable the enchantment. Now it's just a bunch of weird sticks that are dramatically placed there. I don't know why I opened it, but whatever. Uh they get out <laughs> and uh I do like that Emma puts this all together like cuz I'm like putting it together being like <laughs> and Emma's just like, "Listen, some guy before I was even born knew my name, knew what I was going to do. Uh, he had this thing to get out of here and he just didn't. This is weird. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm outside of my comfort place. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like, ah, please. I just want to curl up into a ball, please. Uh, they decide to leave. They're going to go stop Cora and hook. <laughs> but Aurora Again, on plans that are not well thought out, because you don't know how long this is going to take. She's like, you need to tie me up. I don't have my heart. I can't be trusted. So they just <laughs> tie her up with no food or beverages or anything. And they're just like, we'll be back. See girl later. No <laughs> well, guards, I mean, luckily, no nothing. Luckily for them, even though uh, Cora and Hook gave no indication where they were going to be, they just managed to find them in like 10 minutes. I know. They were just like, oh, they're probably going here. Uh, Cora and Hook go to a uh, a lake. That is not a lake, but Cora's just like, don't you believe me? It's magic lake. And she makes all the water show up. And it's all, it's a cool effect, like very CGI, but it's cool. I like how this happens. Uh, and she just starts the portal. She gets the portal going. And side note, at a certain point, Hook was taunting Emma with a petrified magic bean. This comes into play later. I forgot about that. He's just like, look what I have. Like it was the most, uh, like blatant, you know, Chekhov's gun. Like, look, I got a bean. Ooh, like, because <laughs> he can't just have it later. He has to at least show it to you five minutes before he uses it. Anyway, anyway. So then a big fight breaks out. Uh, they do this cool, like, battle scene and everything. Hook and Emma are having a sword fight. I love that Emma has any sword training uh, at all. Uh, enough to and, hold herself up. Yeah. And Hook decides this is the right moment to be incredibly creepy. Oh my god, this was such a weird back and forth because he like knocks her back because and this was nice because the way that they choreographed it, it it showed Hook learning because Hook is fighting her and she straight up kicks him in the chest. So then they're fighting again and she goes to kick him and he grabs her foot and goes, haha, I have learned, flips her on her back, lands on top, like takes the sword 
that is held somewhat by his hook and just like slowly puts his sword through the hook while making direct eye contact with her like like, well this can't get worse and then it gets worse because he just goes I can think of much better things to do with a woman on her back but I guess I'll have to do this instead anyway and he says something to the effect of I'm going to shove it in now you're just like what in the ever loving hell Emma has far abandoned her comfort happy place and Emma, oh no, this whole scene, like it's, again, I don't know who was super horny in this writer's room for this episode, but so many random, aggressively horny moments in this episode. Yeah, and this is one that they would not do in 2020, well, again, 2021, yeah. because we're in a whole new year, guys, it's gonna, it's gonna I keep forgetting happen. it's 2021, honest it's to goodness I do, day. I put the date down, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, no, this is one of the, like I said, this is one of the things that I was like, yeah, this is not by anymore. But uh, Emma landed on the compass and she goes, I'm winning. And it's just enough for Hook to go, wait a minute. But I had so many other weird sexually aggressive things to say to you. And she <laughs> knocks him down. There's a fight. He, the Aurora's heart is in a satchel and it goes like it's going to fly into the portal. But he catches it, gives it to Mulan. And it's just like, I can't let a, a young lady ha- not have her heart. What do you take me for? A monster? It's like. Yes, sexually aggressive guy, kind of. You were gonna murder a woman in a jail cell, and so for yeah, not right. giving you the information that you wanted. All right, you won't tell me, so I guess it's time to die. Uh, so Mulan gives the sword to uh Snow, and says it will deflect her magic. It will deflect Korra's magic, and Mulan makes a run for it to go save Aurora and give Aurora her heart back. Uh, Snow, good with a sword. Holds her own against Korra, enough that Korra then, like, flees a little bit <laughs> for a bit. Yeah, she, she's taunt. Well, she's, I'd say she's taunting. Uh, like, that's true. You know, she's she's biding her time. She's like, oh, I need, maybe she's more, like, disappearing. Like, I need to figure out a strategy. So she's, like, her dark eyes are, like, looming above them. Being, all right. All right. Emma's at two o'clock. Snow is at four o'clock. Yeah, because she definitely does, like, a show I do like that she shows up behind her at one point and literally does like the little whistle to her, like, and it was just like, ah! like she's an evil, evil, menacing character, and she's whistling, amazing. Like you're a terrifying whistler. Um, they're getting ready to go. It doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. Blah blah blah. Emma and Snow jump in. Ta-da! They win. Well, yeah, but. First, we have this big moment between uh, Cora and Emma because uh, oh, Snow, uh, how, how did yeah, I yeah, no, like, this uh, moment? Uh, uh, magic, yada yada magic yada. Time. Emma's heart can't be stolen. Yada yada yada. They win. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's been a week, guys. It's only Tuesday. It's all good, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Cora goes to steal Snow White's heart, saying, "I'm going to give this nope. as a present to my oh, daughter." Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Yep, and I give her Emma, Snow's heart. You win, yay! And Emma pushes her out of the way, and Cora puts her hand into Emma's chest, and then has the line of, "Don't you know you dumb, dumb, stupid child? Love is weakness, but it's not, guys, because Emma has the greatest power of all—the power of heart power. Because Cora you, cannot rip the heart out, and we get that crunching sound that I was talking about that I hate so much. And then Emma has." whoosh magic 
that blows her to kingdom come. And so now Emma has magic. I, I, I like that because I, I, I like Emma. I do. Uh, every once in a while when she has to say like powerful things, it doesn't land right. And I feel like this one didn't land quite as well as it should have, but it was like, no, love is a strength. And it was just like, okay. Uh, but I love this because one of my favorite reasons, like, I love thinking about the fact that Emma is powerful because her parents were in love. Like, <laughs> they just keep saying that, like, other kids aren't the product of true love. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, all of our parents just, like, had hate sex and that's the reason we exist. Like, we're all a bunch of one night stands with people they don't know, but not your parents. They got married. They love each other. They wanted, they planned for you. What a world. Like, I don't know. The implication of that just makes me laugh. Um, But Emma's the only one that reacts to having her heart grabbed uh, the way that I think anyone else would. Because after Cora gets blown away, and she might also be asking about the magic, but she just looks so shocked. She's just like, I don't understand what just happened. Like, she was so strong and self-assured when, Cora had a hold of her literal heart and the moment it went away Emma just crumpled like what in the fuck just happened <laughs> help me <laughs> anyway let's jump in this giant scary hole that we hope goes to the right place it's been a big day for and Emma that we, and that we hope doesn't have a giant green lightning storm waiting for us on the other side that's gonna murder us I'm, I'm a little upset that we don't get a scene in a CGI a, a terrible CGI scene we're in red rooms of fire, but we do not get like a portal scene of Emma and Snow trying to figure out how the hell a magic compass works. Like as if you don't have the magic compass, you land somewhere else. So there's obviously a part when in which they needed to use this compass to figure out where they were supposed to go. We were robbed, robbed of this scene. We just see them do that and then get to the well. Maybe that was in the pop-up video version. Bastards. Yeah. So they do that. They jump in. Um, before we get to that scene, we just cut away here to while we're still back in the enchanted forest. Uh Mulan comes back to save Aurora in the scene that we keep referencing, uh, to give Aurora her heart back. This whole scene, Beth. Just <laughs> have you ever done this before? No. No. First time for you? No, it's first time for me too. And then, like, Let's try it together. And I, she goes, "Okay, here we go." Puts the heart against her chest, and then goes, pushes really hard. And then Aurora again. This would be a sound I think you would make when your heart is put back into your chest. But with all the lines beforehand, Aurora closes her eyes, reacts with a jolt, and goes, "Ah!" It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thought. <laughs> and she's just like, and they both like open their eyes, look at each other, and just like, oh my gosh, it worked. Like, it was just such a weird erotic scene. And they're like, hey, also, off camera, Cora told me that something, 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 Philip's probably fine. Let's go. Well, no, and she, no, no, Cora told Aurora that in I don't jail cell. I don't we did see it happen, but <laughs> there are two things I want to point out from that. One, uh, the way Aurora says, buddy. It's very weird. <laughs> it's just a very weird way of saying buddy. Uh, but also, it like, 
it kind of felt like the two of them were like gonna go look for their 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 mutual buddy buddy uh <laughs> like it almost feels like the two the two women have already moved way past prince philip and he's just like a dude now not the not the man they're both obsessed with and in love with it's like yeah we can go get the prince let's do it well I mean, I mean we can wake him up and he can go about living his life you want to go on more adventures when we're done uh totally that would be rad as hell let's go yeah I mean, they, they both had a bit of an awakening so yeah <laughs> philip's uh philip's kind of old news yeah 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 but oh this whole scene just made me laugh so much just a scene that launched a bajillion ships. I love it. <laughs> um, and then, so we get to, they're, cut forward back to Storybrooke. They're at the well. It's full of lightning. And Gold and Regina are just standing there waiting for body parts to fly out. I don't understand what they're waiting on. Like, if people are going to die, are they going to still come up in through the well? Does gravity not exist? What's happening? And... Henry shows up and he just has the, what are we doing? What's happening? This doesn't look helpful. It's very heartbreaking because then it, he, it leads to, they knock out Ruby. Uh, again, just so many women knocked unconscious in this episode. Uh, and it's Regina holding back Henry. Because Henry was going to like just jump in the well. <laughs> I, uh, sure. And it's Regina literally holding back Henry. While he struggles because he is so sure his mother is about to die. Again, the it, it doesn't get carried. Like, he doesn't act to his full, like, I think it could have been portrayed in a much bigger sense. Like, he could have, I mm -hmm. feel like this, this could have been a much more dark, you know, kid screaming because his mom's about to die situation. But you could tell that Lana was just, like, not comfortable restraining a child. She was like, I'm going to kind of hold you like this just just kind of flail like a fish like yeah he was he was focusing more on the their heroes heroes always win they're gonna make it rather than the you are about to kill my mom yeah like it they it was the the framing was less about him personally and more about his philosophy mm-hmm uh i know that guy in college <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like heroes always win also have you heard about this like con character oh yeah that's him uh so it goes to the machine it's a thing it's a it's, thing it's uh a he thing. he goes through this whole thing where good always wins good always wins he's yelling at the two most evil characters from storybrook <laughs> other than cora uh it's like no good always wins obviously or you guys would be winning and you're not you're losing <laughs> Suckers. and it was just like they will come through. I believe that they will come through. And I, in a, in a small part, I think Regina also kind of was just like, I kind of think that Snow White would have the, the nerve to do this. And Emma kind of seems similar. And so she decides none of this made sense. Uh, so she goes up to the well and then absorbs whatever they put in the lightning storm and just has this like weird exorcist moment where she's just like, <laughs> and it, and then she falls away. And then so just, there's nothing in the well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it ended up with nothing in the well. Because the portal was activated from the other side. But, like, I think they, they did that to demonstrate uh, Regina's commitment. Like, 
it it wasn't enough for it to be um for her just to deactivate the spell she had to go through a physical trauma she had to go through that pain to to prove to the audience just as much to henry that she was making a sacrifice that's fair i could see that i could see that um she's making a sacrifice not only for her relationship with henry but also like a literal physical one it was yeah i mean it did it make sense no but was it a an evocative moment it was I get, I get, I, I get that it is evocative. It was just, it was just like I didn't understand. Like I've never seen her absorb magic this way before. Like it just seemed like odd the whole time. By the way, Rumple does nothing. He just stands there, <laughs> and then like he's just like, oh, and then kind of like leaves. Like he's like, see you later. <laughs> Uh, and they're just like staring at the well, and it was like, no, it's too late. And then Emma's little hand slaps on the. And then she, like a superhero, lifts her whole body. Like, it's the only reason I work out. If I ever need to find myself needing to pull my whole body onto the top of a building or something, you just kind of be able to do that. She pulls herself out, pulls out snow, and it's just like, we're here. It's amazing. Rumple's exiting quietly, stage right. Uh, and <laughs> Regina's just standing there, like, I need, I need a drink. I need some water. And then, and Emma gets out and is immediately like hugging Henry. She's so happy. And then I love the scene because she hugs Henry and then snow hugs them both. I love this so much. It was so precious. I could die. There was a, a little moment, uh, like a little mom moment that I wasn't sure. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure you caught at at least subconsciously where, um, where, uh, Emma comes out of the well and Henry goes, mom, and starts running. And you see Regina put out her hand a yep. little bit. Yeah. I saw like, it too. Cause if, I, yeah. Yeah. Cause she was that, like, Oh, that that's me. Be. I'm mom. And it was like no other mom. And it's just one of those, she just absorbed again, something she made. So it's a, it's a sacrifice, but she also, she solved her own problem. Uh, <laughs> she caused a problem. She solved. Uh, and so it's just the, it, and she knows this, like she knows, she knows somewhere in her that he's going to be so happy when he sees her, but you know, again, I saw it too. Very heartbreaking. No one likes this. No one likes this at all. And they're just like, yeah, we totally did it. It's amazing. Uh, let's all go get French fries, but not before snow takes off in a dead run. Because she's just like, I have to go. My husband needs me. And runs. (laughs) And she leaves. I mean, just running. Full speed. Emma hangs back to talk to Regina for a second. She's like, and I love this line so much. She's like, so your mom. Ooh, she a piece of work. Uh, Which is like the perfect thing to say. Because (laughs) you can't be like, you can't be like, man, 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 your mom's a bitch. For a number of reasons, they wouldn't say that. But you can't say anything too much. But like saying like a piece of work is something that I think you can agree with without being like, you've insulted the honor of my family name. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good like neutral, hey, your mom gave me a hard time, but like my your mom tried to murder me a couple of times, but anyway, good to see you. And they both kind of like nod at each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Henry, they do a little moment where Henry comes in, they're just like, Yeah, anyway. Uh I I don't know how you felt about this scene, but I I felt my heart grow three sizes when they're all stand all the dwarves are standing around David. 
because they don't have anything to do. If one of their friends falls under a sleeping curse, they all just stand and stare at them. <laughs> and it's tradition. I love it so much. And and uh, Snow comes running in. Mar- Mary Margaret comes running in. She's like, "Damn it!" And they leave away for him. And she gets ready to go kiss him. And Henry and Emma are there. Like, yeah. How did they get there so fast? She was bolting. Mary Margaret, did you stop to get ice cream first? Like, what did you do? Like, there's no way. Did you not remember the fastest way to get here? What happened? How did they beat you here? Anyway, she kisses David. It pulses. And he wakes up. And they have a little cute moment, but it was just like the moment he woke up and they like looked at each other. I don't know. I got all I got all choked up. I was like, yeah, it's amazing. Like it hasn't been much dramatic or much at stake, but I'm so happy for them to fight each other again. <laughs> yeah, the two of them just have such great chemistry and on screen. And I mean, it's also because they're you know they they met and fell in love. Although they one or both of them might have been in relationships at the time, but you can't stop uh, to love Beth. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, no, their on-screen chemistry and their off-screen, obviously, it, it's just all like very believable, and it comes through the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that we're hitting the part where this is the Mary Margaret and the Snow White that I really enjoy. And I knew it the moment that after Emma pulsed her white magic. She looked at Snow and went, what was that? And Snow looked back at her and went, that is a great discussion for a later date. We have to go. And I'm like, I love it. I love this version of her where it's just like, let's just say fun things and go. Uh, yeah, but she was also crying during that. She was like crying because her she saw her daughter do this beautiful, yeah. amazing thing. But she's like, we don't have time to talk about it. Yeah. But her her face and her eyes and her tears were like rec- acknowledging that an amazing thing had happened yes. and that she was so and, proud of. And that and that comes through so well. And again, like with with David and Mary Margaret, that moment it's so real because the, I I don't know um, how how you and your husband would react in situ- obviously in situations like this. But I laughed because I was watching this going, what would happen if this was my husband? And I thought, and I, I thought right before she kissed him, I'm like, he'd wake up and he'd say something stupid. He'd say, he'd make some sort of weird joke or I'd do the same thing. I'd come out and be like, man, I was having a good dream. Why'd you wake me up? Like something like, cause that's just like the, the back and forth that we have. And he does it because she's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, you, I, you believed me. You, you knew I'd come. And he was like, obviously I totally believed everything. The red room of fire gave me pause. Like, I loved that line for some reason. I don't know why. It just made me chuckle the most. It is a callback to the to the pilot with where Snow says the glass call the glass coffin gave me pause. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I I just love this like that. You know, he's coming out of a deep slumber and he has enough to do a callback joke. Amazing, like, (laughs) like, like, like he's standing in the red room, being like, "Boy, when she kisses me, oh, I know what I'm gonna say." Like he's workshopping it, being like, "Try not to get burned." Ooh, you know, it would be hilarious. What if I just came out and gave her a double finger gun? Nah, that won't work. Yeah, and all of them, you know, they're having their their reunion moment um, as Emma talks with Mister talks with Mister Gold about the magic thing. And yeah. her destiny and all that stuff. And I, I liked the scene between the two of them. I did too. I liked this because it explained a lot of things that I think viewers were probably wondering where they're just like, Emma's not really the savior. Like this was all something that Rumpel did to her. And and she acknowledges that. She's just like, listen, you did this. You made, you built me into the curse. 
kind of like she he didn't invent her uh, you built me was, you had the technology exactly frankenstein was you the whole time um and she's just like she's like i was just part of this predestined plan she's just like how is that supposed to make me feel and he goes listen you were part of something yes but i couldn't control what you did which again is very telling about rumple's plans and plan making is that he can plan where the pawns move, but if the pawns decide that they're going to sprout wings and fly away, well, that's on them and how they were built. Um, And he goes, listen, he's like, you're a product of true love, so you have magic. Like, I couldn't have predicted that. I couldn't have predicted what you do and how you do it. I couldn't say that you were definitely going to break the curse. I just gave you the the tools that you needed. Everything else about how you grew up and how, how who you are and what you do, that's all you, which is such a really good, like, thing to think about in your own, like, like, just, you know, it's it's when you look up at the world and you realize how tiny and insignificant you could possibly be. But then you realize that you have some influence and it's because of who and what you are. And I think that that is a wonderful message. Anyway. It is. Yes. Uh but, you know, not everybody is getting that that happy story in these f- happy final moments uh, because Regina's uh, got a little FOMO going on right now. I, and of course, Rumple just drives it home to be like, maybe one day you'll get invited to the party. You weren't invited either, Rumple. Eh. <laughs> you are the worst. Uh, which, again, this would be heartbreaking. But again, if you have to, like, put it together, Regina did nothing. Like, what is she expecting? Is she expecting them to throw a party? Like, she tried to kill them, and then she stopped trying to kill them. You don't get a ticker tape parade for that. Emma and Snow found a way to overpower Cora and come home. That is a hero's welcome. That is what you get. They're all getting fries and pizza at Granny's. Like, calm down, Regina. Like, like. Also, she could, like, the dwarves didn't get an invitation. They just went. Regina could have easily and just invited herself. Exactly. Just show up to stuff. Like, that's how you make friends, guys. You just kind of go places. You meet people. Don't don't wait for an engraved invitation. Um, so she's obviously feeling very vulnerable, which unfortunately is exactly mm. the wrong time for a ship to be seen in the distance. Oh, the CGI for for the for, for the long for the shot from the tower. Oh, lordy, lordy. I, it was I, uh, it was not great. I love it so much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there is it, this is such a such a once upon a time thing. By the way, uh, where it's there is a race to use the three tools that we have, and once someone goes, no one else can go. So those people go. Oh, but also we could have gone the whole time because of uh, this thing that's been in my front pocket the whole time. So they grow a bean and they make a portal and Hook has his ship now. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to explain it, (laughs) but they're coming in. And I did, this makes sense when you say that it was like the the winter finale, because I was like, this is an oddly dramatic ending for episode nine. It seems very like intense cliffhangery. I do like that Hook did this all by himself. Like Hooks or ships like that, not really big on sailing by themselves. Uh, or with one person, because uh, Cora one hundred percent lifted zero fingers. Cora is a terrible first mate, one hundred percent. 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like she would just kind of wave her 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 finger around, and then the the boat would just row itself, and she wouldn't have to do anything with it. I guess maybe, but I also feel like Hook would have probably put up a fight of that's not how you sail, and like was trying to show her like port and starboard and everything like that because you know he's he likes being on a ship. He's alive on a ship, but Cora's just like. Eh. Because she just stands there, not a hair out of place, as she stands on the bow of a ship in her cloak, like, honey, I'm coming home. I know you're vulnerable. I'm coming to take advantage of that. Mommy's home. And that, yeah, that's the episode. Uh, Big cliffhanger. I did, I, I did like this episode. There were a couple of little cor- like moments that were a little too corny for me, like as mm-hmm. I as I pointed out. But yeah, no, this episode was was fun. This was it was a fun way to also finally end this whole like weird pocket world enchanted forest thing. We're done. Yeah, Ish. yeah, like Ish. the the purpose of that whole thing was solely to get Cora where we needed her to be. Yep. And to introduce her and introduce Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Hook was not designed to be as big a character as he ends up becoming. That's just on the strength of the actor and also just how much the fans responded to him and how much the writers responded to working on him as a character. Um, but yeah, I like this episode. And I, I did find another little tidbit. Uh, so apparently uh, Claude... Is in a later episode of the show? Why are there so many footnotes about Claude? (laughs) I don't know! I found another one! Apparently he's in the season 5 episode Ruby Slippers. I don't know how. I don't know why. Apparently, Claude's coming back. (laughs) Oh, Claude Claude Watch 2021. We're going there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. And yeah, so now we're going to be in Storybrooke. Um, we won't be in that other pocket dimension anymore, which I'm happy about. And we've got some interesting episodes coming up in the second half of season two. Uh, next week is the cricket game, which I I don't quite remember. Um, but we do get the... Oh, no. Oh, no. In two weeks, we've got... In two weeks, we've got a bad episode. No, what episode? What episode? The one where Belle f- fights a Yagoi. Oh, <laughs> Belle I goes on her on her journey to capture a Yagoi using books and Mulan. I have one hundred percent blocked that entire episode from my brain. <laughs> we might want to just like block it from ever being on the podcast no we made a commitment <laughs> damn it oh and then and then after that we get um frankenstein's story his origin i'm so, so excited much is gonna happen it's gonna be amazing. Beth, beth is gonna make us can so many episodes just so she can talk about the ones that she wants to we're gonna get all these episodes in because I want to talk about them. Also, this is when some of the bad episodes start. You guys can do this. Yeah, you can. You can. I'll. I'll, I'll skip that one. We've got the tiny, the giant episode, science episode. Someone else can do that one. Someone else bring <laughs> someone else in. Oh yes, yay! Well, I mean, that's like that's kind of the whole thing. So you know, there we go. We're back. Been good. We're not having a midwinter finale. We're gonna be keep 
keep it on right into next week. And we, of course, want to uh, thank everybody for uh, continuing to listen, especially our wonderful patrons, uh, especially our Snow Queen patrons. We've got Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, and Zach Chobanoff. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. Also on Twitter at OUA timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with the crickets game. I don't know what game is afoot, but I know it involves crickets. (laughs) It's just Hopper playing Tetris for an hour. Yes, that's the kind of content I'm living for. So thank everyone for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.